Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Biscuits, episode 30. We're in our 30s now. Everything's falling apart. Our back hurts. Our knees hurt. Our hair's falling out. We're gaining weight like we never used to before. Our hangovers are worse than they ever were, even though we only had two beers the night before. But we're going to push through for you, the readers. I'm Dave Lozo of this podcast and other stuff. And you know who else is here? Hi, everyone. It's Sean uh, from also this podcast and also other stuff, although typically different other stuff than Dave. So it's Thursday while we're doing this, as always, as usual, uh, which means we're two days past Covfefe, so we probably can't do a whole bunch. We, we probably can't do a whole lot by the time this comes out on Friday morning for it to be topical, unless you have anything. If you have anything in the in the, in the arsenal, let it fly right now. Uh, I, I love that we live in an age where something can happen at 1230 at night, and by the time most people wake <laughs> up in the morning, like it's already it's dead. Over. The jokes are already done. <laughs> I literally woke up that whatever the next morning was, and... Like, my phone had twice as many tweets on it as it was supposed to. And I'm like, oh, man, okay, either there's a war somewhere or Donald Trump did something <laughs> crazy. There was, like a, there was, like, a middle-aged woman who had, like, it was like, the, it was, like, the most mom Twitter account ever. It was, like, her, her husband, they were, like, in their, like, 50s probably with, like, their two adult children, a very nice, like, family portrait. And at, like, one fifteen the next day, somebody replied to one of my dumb Kofefe jokes, and she just wrote, what is this about? What is Kofefe? <laughs> and I, I was so, I, I never wanted to be a 52-year-old woman before in my life, just completely oblivious to the dumb shit on Twitter. She had no idea what it well, was. That was the fun thing. Like, I was scrolling through Twitter, and nobody said, like, Oh, hey, I know. look at this. For context, <laughs> it was just suddenly everybody was using the same dumb made-up word <laughs> in all of their jokes. And I like I like the people, I like that there's always, like, there's people who are making actual real jokes, and then there's people who are just taking the thing and putting it into other things. And it's not really a joke, but it's just like, what if I changed one word of a movie title to Kovefe? That would be funny. And then it up it goes, and it's like, just the entire, well, not not the uh, the entire internet, by which I mean like the point one percent of people who are awake on Twitter <laughs> at twelve thirty in the morning. So, like instead of Forrest Gump, it was Forrest Kovefe. Uh, that's a good one. Boom! Two thousand retweets. Right What's up? Yep. Engagement. Yep. That's that's right. so good that some some other sports meme account will steal it, strip the credit <laughs> off of it, and get ten thousand new followers off of it. Uh, what a nightmare we live in. Well, speaking of nightmares, yeah, the, the Nashville Predators, man, it's not looking good. No, it's not. This time last week, we were both pretty excited about the series, and I don't feel like like the series itself has not been good so far, but it's been interesting. I think yeah. you definitely can't say that this has been a dull series as far as giving us stuff to talk about, because I mean, we've basically seen the Predators. Other than the scoreboard, just destroyed the Penguins in Game One. Not quite to the same extent in Game Two, but but definitely held the edge. And their Con Smythe favorite goaltender, who Ugh. who was putting up one of the great playoff runs in the history of hockey, just totally soils his crease 
in back-to-back games, and they're down 2 nothing, heading back home. It's taken two games for there to be a legitimate UC Soros movement. People want to see Pekka and I understand. Yeah. You know what's funny is I, I knew that Pekka Rene, I thought Pekka Rene was worse last round than he actually was because I went back and wrote something and I was just looking at his series-by-series save percentages and it was 925 last round. That's perfectly mm-hmm. very good. That's a very good save percentage. I thought he was worse than that because he, he, I think he had a couple of bad games and let up some bad goals, so it just stuck out as being worse than it was, but... I mean, I understand a couple of goals of one goal went in off Ekholm, one goal went in off Fiddler, but like all three Jake Gensel goals have to not be goals. Like yeah. those, those are those are super soft, two ply, gentle on the backside, soft, soft goals. Yeah. You can't have those, and like that's what happens when you know you dominate shots, you dominate possession, even when you're getting called for weird, wacky penalties that weren't penalties the first three rounds. Like your goalie can't let in these goals and. Now I understand. Like the thing is, is like if UC Saros was Mark Andre Fleury, if he was Peter Morazic, like any sort of like backup who I've seen start for a stretch and be good, I would go to him. But I don't know. I don't think. I think you're stuck. Yeah. I think you're stuck with. But, Pecker but the Rennie. thing is, like after the game, Peter Laviolette, I I guess was asked twice, like, yeah. "Hey, Pecorino is your goalie for Game Three, right?" And and he dodged the question. He was like, "Pecorino's been very good in the playoffs," but he didn't say mm-hmm. yes. Of course. I mean, there there was, uh, I can't remember even what coach it was, but earlier in the playoffs, there was some situation where a goalie had a bad game. Maybe it was Craig Anderson and the Senators, and they were like, hey, we, the reporters were like, we have to ask, is he the starter? And, and the coach was like, that is a stupid question, and you shouldn't even ask. Yeah. And you kind of thought it was the same situation, and instead, like, that's, I guess that's why you ask, because Peter Laviolette clearly dodged the question. I mean, as as the kids say these days... Life comes at you fast, and they do. You, they do say that you you go from like a nine forty save percentage and the odds makers favorite to win the con Smythe to maybe out of a job in two games. It's crazy. It was amazing. Like imagine if that was like a wedding situation where somebody was like, "Do you take this woman <laughs> to be your lawfully wedded wife?" And Peter Laviolette was like, "Hey, she's great. She's great. We've had a lot of good she's times a great together." Broad. Right, right, right. But I mean, do, do you do you do you take her to be your wife? Like I said, we've had a lot of great times together. All right, I gotta go. Whoa, whoa! You you've been with her for months now. You can't just you can't just do this now. When I when when you when I pop the question on you, you can't just turn to the younger backup. <laughs> she's she's thirty four. I mean, I got like a twenty four year old person here, you know, yeah. ready to go. I'm sorry, I gotta I gotta go with the younger. Actually, Jake Gensel's kind of like that. Jake Gensel's like the younger, new, better looking model of Chris Kunitz, where everyone thinks he's the best player in the world, but he's just hanging hanging with Sidney Crosby. He's he's in the Crosby. The Crosby Posse. Let's let's maybe get to that because I know you have some feelings on this. You're you're referring to Jake Jake Gunsel, but you're not using his full title, which is yes, Con uh-huh. Smythe favorite favorite based on favorite based on the favorite uh, based on what we're hearing from from certain chapters of the media that this guy is I just is don't get it potentially going to win the Con Smythe. Now, I mean the the case for it is he's leading the playoffs in goals. He's got five mm-hmm. game winning goals, which is a it, kind of a weird, useless stat, but people like it. Very useless. Uh-huh. Uh, he scored big goals, you know, the winner in both of the first two games. So is is he your Con Smythe? <sighs> I got to give the people the sigh. That was a good sigh. The intentionally, that is what the people, intentionally longer. That's what people come here for. So th- you're probably going to get some overlap on on the on the Dave Lozo hockey podcast experience because you're probably going to hear something similar on the other one. That that, that that also comes out around the same time. But Jake Gensel is is a guy who feasts off of playing with Sidney Crosby. Like I understand that he wasn't with Sidney Crosby for the entire postseason. He was in the earlier rounds. And he he's shooting twenty eight point six percent. He's 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 just it's a lot of puck luck. He he is not such a skilled player where he's figured out how to score on nearly thirty percent of his shots. He's getting some tap ins. He's getting some bad goals. Between the end of the third round, or between the end of the second round and the conference finals as a whole, he was a non entity. Yes. Like he was he he was so unbelievably useless that going into the Stanley Cup final, there were there was an actually thought there was debate. It was who do we scratch, Jake Gensel or Carl Hagelin, because he was that ineffective for that long. And yes, he has scored three goals in the Stanley Cup final. He beats Pekka at the end of game one on a shot where I don't know what Pekka is doing. Like he's guessing blocker side. He's shifting his weight over there. 
that everyone's like, wow, what a laser from Jake. No, it, it didn't even go off the crossbar of the post. It just went into the top part of the net. Like a goalie stops that. It's an unscreened shot from like 25 feet out. Like it's it's not an easy save, but let's not act like he he's 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 deking around. It wasn't it wasn't like the goal last night by by Ponte. Like that that was it was a weak goal. And the two goals last night, I mean, I the first goal is is one of the most backbreaking bad soft like why is there an opening there like i get it oh it's a tiny little opening and goal scorers fine no no they don't that's a bad goal stop telling me that's a goal scorer's goal he went to the net and he got it yeah yeah right yeah but still that goal does not go in 99 times out of 100 and then the third goal i understand if you're a goaltender and there's a right-handed shot coming down that wing and he shoots it at your far leg it's gonna bounce out into a dangerous area but it does not have to be that dangerous yeah, of an have area, to be and right I get it. Between the circles, no, no, and I and like Ryan Ellis kind of fell asleep a little bit there too. It's not entirely the worst goal, but I mean, it's an empty net goal for Jake Ensel. He scored three soft goals, and you know who else has scored a goal in every game in the Stanley Cup Final? Sean, I bet you, you know. Tell me, it's Evgeny Malkin. I've heard of him. The guy's had maybe two bad games in a row once the entire postseason. He's been a beast the entire postseason, and despite the fact that he has, I think, seven more points than Jake Gensel. Leads the team in scoring by four points right now. Second We're on the team in goals. First on the team in assists. Had a fight in the Stanley Cup final, which you eh, know, if he were a, Cana- a if he were a Canadian, yeah. But if he was a good Canadian boy, that you know, if Sidney Crosby oh, yeah. got in a fight, that would totally be a, a check in his in his. Oh, right. It wasn't much of a fight, but yeah, I don't. I feel like I, I feel it. like we just have to decide collectively. Like we already brutally snubbed Evgeny Malkin on the top 100 and by we I mean everyone other than you and me because because we had him on our list buy our book on Amazon yes but everyone else so it's like you've either got to just double down or you you, or this is where you kind of make it right go you know what like this is it would kind of be silly not to give it to Evgeny Malkin but no that's a good point it does capture the sentiment of people that don't think Evgeny Malkin they have some weird perception of Evgeny Malkin that he's not a good hockey player that where he's this he's been this good for this long in the postseason this season and still it's just like well it's either going to be Jake Gensel or maybe even Marc-Andre Fleury like what are you people doing like I I get it he's Russian we can't give it to a Russian unless he's like the, the year he won it in 2008 like he was or 2009 he was insane he was way better than he was now but still he He's as good compared to the rest of the field this year as he was back then. If Jake Gunsel wins <sighs> the Conn Smythe because he scored more goals, if we ignore his role on the team, if we ignore what Crosby and Malkin have done, and we just say, this guy had the most goals, he gets the Conn Smythe, I really hope somebody asks Phil Kessel about that. Because mm-hmm. Phil oh, Kessel yeah. last year yep. led the Penguins in goals, led the Penguins in <sighs> points also. And I looked it up though. I looked it up. He didn't have any game-winning goals though, because I I don't think he was uh, gritty and clutch see that's enough. Yeah. that's the so thing. He used up all his goals in situations where it doesn't matter, and he didn't wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I, uh, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, and the Conn Smythe is such a weird award because everything else gets voted on by like you know five hundred of us or you know a hundred broadcasters or whatever, and then this one it's like it's like 10 guys it's like a secret cabal of vote and one of them like so so two guys wrote something last night about jake Gensel, and one of them is steve simmons and i'm pretty sure he has a say i'm not 100 percent sure i know he did at one point i remember the i think the year justin williams beat out andre kopitar because justin williams scored a bunch of goals even though andre kopitar much like evgeny malkin was a beast for two months um but like here's how it works too is like this stuff gets decided like on off days when reporters hang yes. out and have dinner together. Like like the people sit around and talk about this. And I remember like in 2012, like being out to dinner in L.A. and like hearing all these guys that had the say and like just you know they were really touting Justin Williams. And Justin Williams had a much better case than Jay Gensel did for sure. But there there's just this weird aversion and like no one ever comes out and says it but like if you're european or russian man you need to have like a 45 point postseason or be like nicholas lidstrom to, to have a chance at it otherwise like they will find a way to give it to somebody else yeah. it's unbelievable I, I don't know it is strange and then and then elliot friedman had his thing last night i don't know if you saw this oh no what did elliot but, say well, his his thing was he wanted to know oh. if the penguins win can we split oh, no. the award with matt murray and mark no. andre Fleur? No, no. 
if anything, Matt Murray coming in and doing exactly what Mark Andre Fleury did proves that like you can just pretty much stick any goalie back there, and they're going to give you enough to to get the Penguins to win. Yeah. Like that's how I see it. Like like Mark Andre Fleury has way to me. Like Mark Andre Fleury, if he never lost the net and did everything that Matt Murray's done since, for one hundred percent, you can. It's it's Mark Andre Fleury's award, I would say, but. No, like you can't, you can't, like if, if that's the case, let's go back in time and give the Hart Trophy to Daniel and Henrik Sedin. Like, why do we not do that then? Now we're going to start splitting the Conn Smythe Trophy because we don't want to give it to Evgeny Malkin? Elliot's argument was that it's it's been done in baseball a couple of times. Now, I don't oh, know if that was, baseball. now, I don't know if that was because they intentionally did that or whether it was just a tie and that's that's what happens if it's a tie. But he, he, he brought this up on, uh, on TV and said that he had asked uh, CJ whether it was something they could be done and and I don't think he he didn't say what the reply was so I don't know if that's even a non-starter but that like that's kind of what's screwing up the consummate conversation is that usually if it's close and you can't really figure out what forward to give it to you just go okay just give it to the goalie goalie you know if you win the Stanley Cup almost by definition your goaltender is at a really good postseason and we've got this weird situation where two guys pretty much split the job so that's that's kind of out just give it to Malkin. And if not, like, like Crosby has a better case this year than he had last year. Yeah, but like he's if, been weirdly, like, like, have you noticed him very much in the first two games of the final? Oh, oh I agree. Yeah. I, I think since the concussion, he hasn't been the same, but he still he still does enough. Like, he's, I saw some stat last night that I think five on five courses, he's like minus 20 something for the first two games. Wow. Maybe something around minus 20. So, I like, I'm not saying he should win it, but uh, he he's, and here's the other thing too. Ah, this is such an annoying thing. Uh, of course, plus minus is stupid, and nobody should ever look at it. But Jake Gensel's—he's even. He's a, he's a zero, and and Malkin's plus ten. And I'm not saying that's a reason why Malkin should get it, but you know, in in inside the deepest part of your loins, that if that was if that was reversed, you know, people would be like, "Well, Jake Gensel's plus ten, and getting Malkin's." Yeah. Like that's just what they would do, and 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 it's just it's so easy to just make the narrative for the Smythe, whatever you want it to be that particular year to not give it to the American or to not give it to... Because, like, the pecking order goes, give it to a Canadian at all costs if we can't figure out a way to give it to a Canadian. Like, like, they're trying to split the award to give it to Canadian people. Like, that's how that's how they... Well, what if we split the award and gave it to Marc-Andre Fleury? And Matt? No! No! Give it to Kenny Malkin. He's one of the 100 best players of all time. <sighs> I'm with you. I don't know. Like, I feel like we're... I mean, Malkin's what? Like, he's 30, 31. Like, we're five years away from him retiring, and then we're all going to be like, oh, crap, wait a second. That guy was, like, a ridiculously good player who also was, like, funny and entertaining, and, you know, he he actually occasionally says interesting things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Jake, Jake Gunsell's going to score, like, four goals in the next game and then five in the clincher, and we're going to be... This oh, entire thing's going to be rendered moot. I, the door is open for sure. I think he can do stuff the rest of the series and make his case stronger. But like as of today, I'm talking about as of this moment in time, as I sit in this room with my empty water bottle and, and Tim Barnes killing time by looking at his phone because he does not care at all about hockey. Good for him. <laughs> Jake Gensel is not the Conn Smythe winner at all, at all. Yeah, it's because it, because <laughs> the thing is, like, remember, Conn Smythe is MVP of the playoffs. It's not MVP of the final. Right. And Jay, he, he went pointless in six to seven games against Ottawa when the Penguins were just life and death clawing yeah. to get through that series. And he had one game where he had two assists. He had zero goals, two assists in the entire series. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the hat trick against the Blue Jackets was nice, but I don't I don't really think they, they kind of needed that to finish off Columbus. But The other thing, too, is, is that Sometimes people show up and start paying attention during the cup final. They're not as wired in to say the Penguins. I mean, the Penguins are the Penguins, so I feel like people should have been, because they played the Caps and they had a series against Canada, so I feel like people should be wired into the Penguins more. Like, I understand when, like, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, like, you're you're a national writer and you're covering, you know, a conference or whatever, and you don't get to see the Penguins the whole time, or... You don't get to see the Kings. It's like, say in 2012, you're on the Eastern Conference the whole time, and you you cover the Rangers, you cover the Conference Finals, and then you get to the you get to the Stanley Cup Final, and you haven't seen the Kings, and maybe you don't appreciate how good Kopitar is because of you know he does so many things about the puck and all that sort of stuff. But like the Penguins, they, like they're in the spotlight every night. It's not as though if you're not on the Penguins, like say you're covering 
you know, ducks, predators, you're covering predators, Blackhawks, but you don't see like it's, it's Evgeny Malkin. Like he, everything he does is so visible to the naked eye. It's visible to, to stats, to, to everything. And uh, let's not make this the Consmite podcast. Okay. There's probably, there's probably other stuff I can, both of us can yell about. Well, What's the deal with catfish? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about <laughs> catfish, man. Catfish man. You know what? I've gone full, full, full circle on this because when it first happened and the, the guy threw the, 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 catfish on the ice and everybody freaked out about it and i was kind of like no i'm not getting into this story because we've done this (laughs) we've been doing throwing wacky Mm -hmm. things on the ice for 20 plus years like the rats were 21 years ago the octopus has been around for for way longer than that we've done this i'm not going down this road and it wasn't until like the the catfish thrower did that radio interview wait actually you know what though if we if, we, if we're being honest here if we're talking about throwing things on the ice that shouldn't be there we've talked about chris neal a lot that is true boom wow oh i am go. full of coffee and and zings today yes <laughs> chris neal who weirdly never made an appearance in the conference final that's strange considering he's the magical i don't know so yeah he's Jake Gunsell, Chris Neal. That's a Consmith rankings. What number is bigger, Chris Neal's average ice time in the postseason or the amount of time it took to get the catfish off the ice in game one? Ooh. I don't know. I have to go back with a stopwatch. <laughs> who had more ice time, Chris Neal or that one dead catfish? <laughs> and who helped more? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Predators scored two goals I after I feel like that. the catfish know. spent more time in the offensive zone. So, I don't know. I don't know which end he threw it at. That joke might not make sense, but... Uh, yeah, I was, I was totally, I was like not, not going to go down this road at all. And then like the guy did the interview and it was just so crazy where he's talking about like running over the thing with his truck to flatten mm. it down. And then what a story. And then having to like run a test. So he like stuffed it into his underwear and then talked to his in-laws for 20 minutes to see if, if they would like <laughs> be like, Hey, oh God, that's right. Do you have a catfish in your pants right now? And they didn't, so he felt like it was all systems go on the plan. So, but how does he? How does he know that like, they just weren't being nice? They just were just exactly. like, like, how does he know? Like when, like when he walked away, they weren't like, boy, your son-in-law smells like shit. Or I would fish. not bring that up to anybody. I could, I <laughs> like the catfish could actually be poking out of like the bottom of their shorts, and I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. So yeah, I don't know. That was a that was a uh, an interesting story. I, I like I I I will give respect for doing it in the other team's rink. I think when you do it on your own rink and it's kind of like, uh, yeah, we get it. You throw a funny thing on the ice. It's you throw a seafood product on the ice. We've never, never seen that before. Good job. But to do it, to go into another team's arena and like do it when you're surrounded by all of their fans, I'll give, I'll give some credit on that one. The part that gets me is you've been a Predators fan your whole life and you've never gotten out of the, you've never gotten to the conference finals. Never mind, get out of it. And now you're in the Stanley Cup final for the first time. And you're you're at your you're at your favorite team's first ever Stanley Cup playoff game, and you spend all that money to get to Pittsburgh to get a ticket, and then you know you're going to get in trouble afterwards. So that's more money out of your pocket, and you and you miss you you miss the comeback. You miss what could end up being the most exciting part of the series for you as a Predators fan, depending on how the rest of the series goes. And you just you just bail on it to throw yeah. a a catfish on the but ice. Like he, I just I, I don't. Did he miss the uh, comeback? Or did he cause the comeback? Wow. That's an interesting yeah, thought. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just... I, 10 years from now, like, what's going to be a better story? Like, yeah, I, I I, was at one of those Predators Stanley Cup games. I was at game one. I was at their first ever final game. And I, I was the, I stayed for the whole thing. I watched from, from the opening face-off right till the end. Or to say, like, I, I was catfish guy. Like, I feel like the catfish... I'm not trying to encourage... You know... The, you you kind of are, <laughs> maybe I am, but I no I just know like there's some Lee fan right now who's like reaching to his fridge for some waffles. Like I can be the guy. like no don't most most fans don't do it, but it is kind of uh, yeah I don't know. It, like I say, that interview turned me around. I mean, he was a, he was a likable sort. I will I will give him credit. Like he wasn't like he wasn't like a douchebag or anything. No, that's Kinda it. Nuts. Which is which was weird, surprising but... because I think he what did he describe him so he, he i think he described himself as a dumb redneck yes redneck with a bad idea a so you know what i there there's a there's a level of self-awareness here that most hockey fans <laughs> like think about think about all the all the stages that he had to go through to actually get to the point where he threw it on the ice where like any other sane person would have been like this is too much like yeah like like putting putting it in your underwear um 
worrying about the smell, you know, crushing it down so it was smaller, and that doesn't work. Um, having to get compression shorts to wear to fit <laughs> two to pairs put it in of there. underwear, yeah, multiple two pairs, pairs of, of underwear. underwear at the same time. It's not like once you take the fish out of your compression shorts and then throw it. It's not like you stop smelling like fish. Now, now you're sitting in a Pittsburgh like jail, being being interrogated by a detective. That's like, yeah, man, buddy, you. you this guy makes me feel bad to. about my own level of ambition. Like I've I've spent an afternoon not writing something because I would have had to click up two levels in the file structure to, <laughs> to find my to find my document. I got to maybe reevaluate some things because this guy, uh, yeah, this guy just plowed through a lot of obstacles that would have been more than enough to uh to have me tagging out on the whole thing that's a good point like maybe maybe the reason why i'm so upset with this guy is because it reflects how it reflects my own laziness and apathy about ever wanting to reach my goals back on me i don't know if i've ever put that much effort into anything no boy now i'm depressed yeah so (laughs) jake jake gensel has gotten me angry and now this guy has 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 made me take stock in my own life and i'm not liking what i see so now i'm depressed there we go what what else what else can we do how about the refereeing? I feel like the refereeing has yeah. been inexp- like like there's refereeing the postseason is always bad, but and again I know we've always we've always debated this. I am 100 percent pro diving, but I feel like the Penguins are so good at it that it's making the series unfair for the Predators because the Predators aren't matching. They're not matching the intensity of the dives the way the Penguins are. Right. Like the Penguins are earning those power plays with their dives. And this- I always wonder like is is the officiating bad in the playoffs or is the officiating the same in the playoffs and we just pay more attention to it because nobody cares what happens in the regular season in November. But yeah, maybe. I think they just get away with more. I think the players, the players know they can just get away with more. They they know there's only so many penalties they'll call during the course of a game. Like, like the thing that, here's the thing that bothers me. The diving doesn't. I'm the, the penguins are doing it. If, if suddenly Ian Cole's skates are just super light and he can't stay on his feet, like he's doing his job. My, My problem is, is that for three rounds, the entire NHL has has decided cross checking is fine. You want to put your stick into someone's back by the boards, do it. Go crazy. And now, and especially in game two, it became all the stuff. Like again, what what was it? Ryan Ellis, I think, cross checked somebody like four times, and they finally called it. Like I understand, like that's illegal. That's a penalty. That that is a two minute minor. I understand that, but for three rounds, it wasn't. It really, really, really wasn't. And then Matt Cullen gets unbelievably pasted into the wall by Matt Irwin, and the referees are like, ah. That's okay. See, my thing is, I I will defend the referees a little bit more than I think most fans will. But the one thing I don't like is don't don't tell me that. Like sometimes you talk to people who are referees or they've officiated, and they're like, "Look, man, we just every call is its own thing. We don't manage games. We don't think about what happened earlier in the game or last game." And it's like. Clearly you do, because clearly, like you said, there's been no cross-checking, and then they call one, and now they're like, oh, crap, now I guess cross-checking is a penalty we have to call. Or the fact that, you know, you had the the Penguins get that five-on-three in game one. Yes, exactly. Which almost never happens, where it's it's two, unless there's like a puck over the glass or something that they absolutely have to call in the second. it, it, It very, very rarely happens. It has to be a puck over glass and like a murder. Yeah. Like it has to be yeah. like two distinct and the crimes. The murder has like to it... take place outside of the trapezoid. <laughs> like it's and you know, like if if you could have gone into Vegas and been like, I would like to place a wager that the Predators will get a two minute five on three at some point the rest of the series, you you would have taken that bet because every hockey fan was like, yeah, here you know there there's got to be is. some sort of payback and just like you know when your team gets a five on three. You're always like, I hope they score because we're not getting the next three calls. Like, this is it for us for the next 20 or 30 minutes of game time because we're not going to get another one after this. And, yeah, I mean, it's this is this is kind of like if, if referees really did their job the way that they claim they do, there would be games where some sometimes there'd be a game where hey, the Penguins got six penalties, the Predators didn't get any, and that's just how it went. But we know that's not going to happen, and so you wind up with these games where suddenly the scale starts to tilt and it's like, uh oh, now we're having one of those games where we gotta call a bunch of things. Right. But that that yeah, like some of them are just they just seem so random. And yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's it's not a good it's not a good look. Like like for instance in game one in the third period, like Evgeny Malkin one hundred percent one hundred percent slash PK Subban. That was a penalty. But 
if that happened and the game was tied already at that point, or if there wasn't a five on three for the Penguins for two minutes in the first period, I, I would bet I would bet all of my balls that that penalty does not get called there. It only gets called there because of the situation and what happened. What happened earlier, and the same thing is the same thing in the in game two with the the Matt Irwin hit. The same thing too where. Um, like Cody McLeod accidentally, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see it, it's a podcast, <laughs> accidentally fell onto Matt Murray. Like that would have been a penalty in a different situation too. Yeah. I just, to me, to me, here's here would be my argument if I were to work at the NHL and the NHL people would be like, no, it's fine. When you referee the game like this where sometimes a thing is a penalty and sometimes that exact same thing at a different point isn't a penalty, you really open the door to having officials have the power to rig games. Like, in baseball, obviously, like, you know, they have reviews and stuff, but, like, a strike, for the most part, is always a strike, and a ball is always a ball. Like, if you have, like, like umpires suddenly just not calling pitches down the middle 15 times a game, like, that's a problem. And that's kind of what happens with, with these penalties, is deciding penalties based on game situations, deciding penalties based on score of the game, or how many power plays you've given out already. When you're, when you're that imbalanced... Like it really like I'm not sitting here telling you that the Penguins are are being handed this game by the officials by any extent I'm not but it, it it's just it's just really easy if like say like one day a referee is just like man I could sure use a million bucks <laughs> wait are you refing the Stanley Cup final I sure am all right well c- c- good luck on your million bucks because you can ref the game any way you want you're damn right I can yeah. and I'm not saying a referee has done that or will do that but it's just when you ref ref these games this way and the standard changes and it's so wide open it's it's the doors open for it and it could happen at some point but well i could i can Gar- tell Gar- you i've got if if uh if the fans i hear from are any indication man there are a lot of hockey fans who think the nhl desperately wants the penguins to win and is doing everything they can like every time there's a weird call it's just instant like people are like how are you surprised it's crosby and the penguins which is ridiculous because right. this is. you know Put aside the ethical and moral considerations. Like this, this league could not fix my dishwasher, let alone fix a <laughs> exactly. Stanley Cup final game. <laughs> and the fact that Connor McDavid went to the Edmonton Oilers in a lottery should put to rest any fixing or conspiracy theories involving the NHL forever. But yeah, you're you're right. It does, and it's always been this way. That's the other thing. Like I, you know. I know there's there's fans out there who might be new or they're younger and and they're thinking like this is getting worse but it's go back to any playoff game. I mean go back to the the 90s or you know go back to 10 years ago and watch highlights from overtime and see how many oh. obvious just oh my God. blatant penalties guys being tackled guys being I mean it 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 used to be I think it used to be even worse. You know, at least these days like okay, you get you know, there's kind of that unwritten rule that There'll be no penalties called in the first overtime, but if we get to second overtime, each team's going to get one. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, you, you occasionally get some of these things called. Like it's it's it feels pretty random, but it like I mean, there's like I'm a Leafs fan, so if I want to feel good about my team, I got to go back like 20 years to to find my YouTube clips. And I mean, there's stuff where I'm like, wow, what a great uh, what a great goal by Matt Sundin, but I'm just going to ignore the fact that three guys got tackled to make it happen and nobody called anything because it was the third period of of a playoff game but i mean in the nba or college you can basketball you can you can shave points you just get an official that just calls more ticky tack fouls yeah. one night he can he can he can have a spread be covered or not covered because of that hockey is different obviously because just because you give it hockey if you give out eight power plays they might not score any power play goals so it's different but it, it's just you could tilt it, it. it just but you know you what the flip side is if it. they called you know everyone always says just call the rule book if they called the rule book there'd be 12 power plays per team per game and we'd all complain that it was just a special no. teams fest and maybe we wouldn't all complain but a lot they, they would get the message the players like like the, the reason why like you're absolutely right by the way that in 1997 playoff overtime was just like oh he's away on a breakaway oh what a diving tackle by paul coffee that's a great play, great call. play. Like he, they, but i think i think i'm i'm more annoyed by it now because there was like that brief window after the full season lockout where they called stuff and and now it's like it's not like I keep I always say this like it's as worse as it's been since two thousand five six it's not worse than it was before that but there's the, the the play that bugs me the most is 
it's it's not even like it's not even like Sidney Crosby sticking his hip out and hitting Matias at home when the puck's already gone and then then scoring two seconds later. Like I mean that bugs me, but it's it's that same play when a guy chips the puck past the defenseman in the neutral zone and goes after it, and now like in 0506 you could not get in his way. The second that puck went past you, you had to turn and skate after it, and now slippery slope more and more guys just kind of get in the way they kind of skate into their path they kind of bump them a little bit and then and now in the playoffs like that is amplified like that happens and if you're a fast team like say you're the predators and you have victor arvidson who can skate circles around ian cole like that gives an unfair advantage to ian cole and ian cole knows they're not going to call it so ian cole you know does what he does and Peng- penguins are. are doing a better job of managing the yes. officials oh yeah series, i think is the way to put it but and maybe that's yeah. You know, we always talk about playoff experience and, you know, all these guys have been to the final before and none of the Predators have. And Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Maybe that's part of it. Speaking of officiating and calling the rules and all this, I like this is a few days old, so I don't want to spend a ton of time on it. The offside review in game one, which could yeah. could stand as the turning point in that game, maybe in the series. Uh, you know, like th- this is not this is not the nightmare scenario of like a, a review in overtime that we're we're all waiting for. But you know, when when you're when you think you're going to be up one nothing and the goal gets taken back, and then five minutes later it's three nothing for the other team. I mean that's that's pretty big and like we've we've been over offside review that the debate's been done to death for two years now but I like that play to me this isn't about should we have review this isn't even about how should offside work should the if your skates off the ice should that like it's just to me I thought that if we were going to do an offside review you needed mm-hmm. to have conclusive evidence to wave off a goal even if that was just one frame, like the goal on, on, on Wednesday night that the Penguins lost, that was one where, I mean, you roll your eyes and go like that. Oh, why are we taking goals off the board for a fraction of an inch? But there was, there was that one freeze frame where you're like, okay, sure, there it is. All right. He, right. he was offside for a microsecond. Go ahead, league that is desperate for more goal scoring. Take a goal off the board for that. <laughs> <laughs> but the PK Subban one, like I, I still haven't seen it. Like, where is anything definitive? And, and I like, like I went on 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 Twitter a couple of days ago, and I was like, it, shouldn't this be a bigger deal? Like, I feel like we all spent more time being mad about Nick Benino snapping his head back on a fake high stick than we did a goal being taken off the board because of conclusive video replay that that wasn't conclusive i haven't seen it i don't i and and the thing too is like everyone knows this but like if you if you have the puck on your stick and your body's in the zone but you have possession of the puck and the puck's outside the zone you're still onside and he was forsberg was kind of in that weird sort of area where like he was straddling the puck gets his stick so at that point is that possession because he has possession so is that offside even if his skate is like like to me like yeah. you're right say i'm i understand what you're saying that even if he was offside there like like it was in game two for the Penguins, big deal. But I I completely if he's offside, he's offside. It's no goal. But you're right. I I have not seen again. The, the NHL is the NHL, and sometimes they have angles that we don't have, and, and, and they that's never the thing. To us, like I but, like I watched it up here on the Canadian feed, and my first thought is okay, maybe NBC had something, CBC didn't, and then you think maybe the league had something. In which case, put it out there. Like at at some point, like the the league they have this thing on their website the situation room where they do these little video clips for each of these calls but they're completely useless because all they do is they show you it's just the guy from jersey shore shirtless doing push-ups the situation it would be more useful if it was that (laughs) because all they do is they show you like the two-minute clip right off tv that you saw so it's you see the play you see a replay you see the announcement and then below that it says 
an explanation, but the explanation is just cut and paste from the rule book. It's at X minutes of the first period, the Penguins challenged. After review, it was determined that, and then they cut and paste the block of text that defines offside. Therefore, no goal. Like, at some point, like, get somebody on there who's like, look, this is what we looked at. This is what we saw. Maybe here's a camera view you didn't see. Right, here's the but frame. Why would you have angles that your your audience can't see? Like, this seems like the kind of thing you'd want to get ahead of, and yet nothing. Nothing from the league other than we reviewed it, it was determined, it was offside. And I've got people sending me this one freeze frame, like, this is this is the, the view. And I'm looking at that going, how... How am I supposed to yeah. tell that, that? Like, first of all, it's so small and it's blown up. Like, I mean, this looks like my Commodore 64 from 30 years ago. Uh, nice. And I'm supposed to look and they're like, well, his skate's in the air. It's like, yeah, his skate's in the air. Skate's have blades. You know? Like, I'm assuming. And, and they're the same color as the ice, pretty yeah, much. I'm assuming this guy's skate had a blade on it. So where. But e- but even if his blade's off the ice, he he's already got the puck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like where like where does the possession begin? Where does the skate coming off the ice start? And, like how do just, those things? It seems to me like interact. You know, if if you want to have review, fine. If you want to say, hey, even if it's you know, because that was the other thing. That goal, it was 15 seconds before the puck went in the net. Even if you want to say, hey, rules are rules, black and white in the rule book, we got to call it. Can we at least agree that in the case? If it's that close, or if it's if it's non-conclusive, that we keep the goal, because you know mm-hmm. we're wiping things out for you know for coin flips. I don't I don't get it. And the the other thing that that I guess we should talk about because it links into this that play happens like literally an hour after Gary Bettman does his annual State of the Union. And if you missed it, if you didn't, this is the thing. Gary Bettman does this every single year before Game One of the Stanley Cup final, when all the media is there, he, he gets everyone in a room and it's, he, he goes in, lies, gives a little, <laughs> just lies. He gives a little spiel. <laughs> well, if anybody, if anybody missed it, good news, the, the state of the union, in the NHL is that everything is great. Perfect. Literally best league in the world. Everything you might think is a problem, not a problem. <laughs> it's all going the way he plays. Exactly. Like that. Like he literally got up there and they asked him about offside review. And he was like, it is working perfectly exactly the way that we want it to just the way we drew it up and then an hour later it's it's being taken off taken off the board but yeah that was working great the playoff format i know you know some of you you know capitals fans out there weren't very happy with it and so no playoff format is great like everything is great i think this runs his streak to i i i don't i don't even know how far back it goes like i i've been to a couple of these things and I've certainly never heard Gary Bettman go like, "Yeah, you know what? That is something we need to look at." We're no, no there's the one thing I, I think. I think you were the one that yeah, pointed it out the compensation, the compensation for uh, signing executives. That's the right? only thing Gary Bettman has ever not liked, and the reason for that this is this is the rule that we had for a year or two, where if you hired a coach or a GM, you had to give up a draft pick, even if they had already been fired, which which is hilarious because apparently nobody in the NHL realized that's what the rule was going to do. And they put it in the books. The only reason for that is that Gary Bettman didn't want that rule in the first place. The GMs overruled him, put it in place, and he was basically like, all right, go screw yourselves. We're going to keep the rule on the rule book and until everyone hates it, and then you're going to come crawling back, and we're going to get rid of it entirely. We're not just going to fix it. We're going to just get rid of it because that's what I want in the first place. And if I'm correct, I, I think I'm correct, one of the people that got the advantage was the Penguins because of Biles going to Buffalo, I want to say. Yep. Yeah. Probably. Whatever helps the penguins. Whatever helps the penguins. And and yeah, like he was asked about I'm starting to wear the tinfoil hat. He was asked about concussion spotters. Good news. Great Working job. Great. It's fantastic. Even though we saw we've seen in this series so far, Matt Murray mm-hmm. get kneed in the head, fall to the ice holding his head, get up and just continue in the game. Uh game two, we saw PK Subban get cross checked in the neck, which was an ugly cross check. But goes down to the ice, throws his helmet off, and grabs his head with both hands. And he's right back out there for the power play. And he doesn't play. miss the power play. Like, when it comes to the, the concussion spotters, like, I I feel like I'm kind of alone on this, but I kind of get it if you loosen the rules a bit for goaltenders. And I know, like, I know goalies, you know, a concussion for a goaltender is just as dangerous as for anyone else, but 
concussion spotter, it's a system where you're expecting that you're going to get a lot of false positives. You're expecting you're going to get a lot of false alarms where guys are fine, but you're just, you know, for the sake of safety, we're going to check them out anyways, even if nine out of 10 of them don't actually have a concussion. If it's a player who's going to miss a shift or two, that's one thing. If it's a goaltender who's got to come out for five minutes and another goalie comes in cold, I guess I... And also, I I can see it from the standpoint, too, of where, like, if a player goes down and he gets hit in the head like a skater, you can get a good look at his eyes and get a feel for it. Like, if you can't make out a goalie's face through the mask, maybe you have a harder time detecting it, too, but... Yeah, uh, maybe maybe do a better maybe, job there. Like maybe just you know, but but again, the like we we talked about when when it happened to Crosby when he came back and then got did the face plant into the boards and didn't come out. The rules for the concussion spotters are so specific that neither one of those plays qualifies because Matt Murray got hit in the head with a knee and it has to be a shoulder, and uh, PK Subban got hit with a stick and it has to be a shoulder or a fist. Like it's, it's, you know, I, I guess, I mean, I guess I get why concussions are maybe a touchy issue for the league, but like, would it kill Gary Bettman to get up there at one of these things and be like, you know what, we can probably do better than this. It's, it's okay. You know, I don't accept. Because it probably open it probably opens it up to like, like legal yeah. liability. That's why I, I get that. concussions. And I, I've so. written about this before. Like if Gary Bettman wants to get up there and lie about concussions, I feel like at some point when you've got the specter of a billion dollar lawsuit hanging over you that probably outweighs being honest and forthright with your fan base but yeah when like when it's the playoff format or when it's offside review and the thing with Bettman is he always says he's always like it you know from what i'm hearing from fans they're fine with it and it's like when do you hear from fans i know where's like what's gary <laughs> Bettman's email address what what's the phone line <laughs> where i can call gary Bettman and let him know like like, how is Gary Bettman hearing from, I don't know. So, yeah, that's... How about this? How about this? How about this for a theory? So, they have the lawsuit going, right? And, you know, one slip of the tongue might open them up to, to having to pay out millions upon millions of dollars. So, I wonder if, like, when you see things like the conference finals, Senators-Penguins, and you see Tommy Wingles throw an elbow in Scott Wilson's head and there's no suspension, and you're just like, you're like, why would they not, why would they not do that? I wonder if, if, if by changing the standards in which you punish for head hits using player safety, I wonder if like that's an admission that you were wrong earlier, and that opens you up to an issue. So like, like let's say if like Gary Bettman one day walked into like Stefan Kintal's office and was like, "Guys, we need to get more serious about head injuries. So you know, don't mess around there. Shots to the head. I want to see heavier suspensions." I wonder if like there's like another like lawyer in the room is like, "Well, if we start doing that, that's our way of saying we screwed up in the past, so we can't change our standard for it. They, so I therefore, mean, don't." do They it. have changed it a lot over the years. I mean, the the, yeah. the rules ever since like, a great the mark, theory. marks of art. But yeah, maybe at at some point. But yeah, you think they'd want to at least be able to go into a court and say like, "Hey, when." When we had information about how to make the game safer, we acted on it. Yeah, uh, you know, were we later than we could have been? Maybe, but yeah, we, you know, at least we, at least we did make changes. But yeah, I don't know. Good, the good old Gary Bettman State of the Union, and I don't know if we're going to get the the Ron McLean interview this year because that's the other. What's that? That's the is that, what that he... that's like every year for for a while. Every year during the Stanley Cup final, during one of the intermissions, he'd do a sit down interview with Ron McLean, and it would be the most awkward thing that you could imagine because Gary Bettman, you know, Ron McLean, whatever you think, of Coach's Corner, whatever you think of the cheesy jokes and all that, like he would he would get on some questions. Like he he it wasn't softball time. And Gary Bettman just hated it. And Gary Bettman would like, like if there were a couple times where Gary Bettman would like physically grab Ron McLean, like he would grab his arm. No, and it was just like, really? yeah, it was so awkward because because wow. it was you know like Ron McLean would be like, hey, what about this? And Gary Bettman would be like, it's great. And then Ron McLean would be like, follow up question, no, it's not. You know, would you not want to do it this way or that way? And then you know, and Gary Bettman would start interrupting and he'd no, Ron, Ron, and he'd be rolling his eyes and just doing all those Gary Bettman things and, and like actually grab him at some point and it was speculated. I don't think there was ever you know, there was ever any evidence, but there was some speculation that that was maybe part of the reason that Ron McLean got, got nudged out of the hosting duties at some point because huh. Gary Bettman was just sick of this guy and uh and yeah, I can't I can't remember if they did one last year. If they did, it wasn't really 
newsworthy, but it's always it's always must see viewing because you know Ron McLean, God bless him, is is you know he's been doing this a long time and he's not really he doesn't have a lot of time for Gary Bettman just dodging and you know yeah good for him on everything so so the only other thing that really irked me not like irked me but I just think is weird out of the whole state of the whatever address was I I get why the the NHL is going to go play two preseason games in China like I understand it the NHL wants money money's awesome we all want it so you're going to go over there and try and tap a market that's got a billion people that have money and you want to get their money but I just don't like the idea where they're going to go there and they're going to you know, somehow making the Kings and Canucks play two preseason games is going to turn people into hockey fans. Yeah. There's no way. There's there's no way that's going to happen. But to do it under the guise of, you know, growing the game, reaching out to new markets, you can't tell me that Kings Canucks in China twice is going to ignite a new fan base and and cause people to jump on the NHL bandwagon. But going to the Olympics doesn't help. There, you can't. You you can't. You can't give me those two. You have to be honest with me. You have to go look. I'm, we're not getting enough money out of the IOC, the IAHF, all that stuff. NBC. We're not getting enough money out of that. But we are getting enough money out of going to China. So that's why we're doing it. Just just be honest with me. Don't tell me it's about growing the game and finding if new fans. We because send, if it was, you'd go to the if Olympics. If only we could send all of our very best players over to Asia for a couple of weeks and have them just play find like the way, super yeah. high stakes hockey. Watching the fucking forty-two year old. Oh, sorry, quick. oh I, I, can I can I curse in this podcast? I, I never do it because I, I, we don't have the e, and I try to avoid just it. But I just, I'm just so. I'm like just like, let how it, does let it fly now? Like like sending over the the the, the corpses of the Sedines and like perhaps perhaps Ryan Miller if, he, if they resign him to play against the Kings who who are not missed the playoffs in two or three years. Like 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 say say you're like all right, here's what we're gonna do. Penguins, Capitals, Beijing. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah I can, I, I can get, yeah, that makes sense. Blackhawks, whoever, Blackhawks, like Predators. Thing. Like you gotta, it's, it's, it's a geography. I mean, yeah, but. but wait, is it, is it a West Coast thing? So like West Coast fans in the states stay up to watch it because no, I think it's, I think it. it's more like I think that they're they're closer to, I don't know. Oh I mean, no, come on, really? Uh, you think maybe. that's a maybe so there's more so there's more there's more kings and canucks fans in beijing than the penguins in the capitals so that's, that's why they're there's gonna... three of each uh, i uh, i don't know like play play the game wherever you want bring it to china japan australia zimbabwe the congo bring it bring it to anywhere people want to watch hockey but just don't tell me it's to grow the game when you're not going to yeah. send everybody the and Olympics. as gary Bettman like, just... said in his state of the union he says we're not anti-olympics we're just anti-disrupting our season uh, your your precious regular season, which is meaningless, <laughs> but you know your format, your playoff format, which you're also completely fine with, renders your regular season pretty much meaningless. But we can't disrupt that. And oh, by the way, we no. you know enjoy the week off in between the conference finals and the Stanley Cup that we almost got. Enjoy the extra days off, you know. But we don't, yeah, we don't want to disrupt that February mm. regular season that everyone loves so much. And I, the the other thing that that came out this week that we can just talk for two minutes about because it's sort of related to this and the NHL growing the game and everything. ESPN puts out their list of the top 100 most famous athletes in the world. Oh, today. I never, I, I never saw this. Oh, it's, it's, is it all time or just in the world today? today? Active. Okay. Not one single hockey player on the list. How many golfers? A lot of golfers, a lot yeah. of basketball. There, you know, it's one of these things now, you know, there's, it's in, it's it's all around the world, right? So it's obviously it's dominated by soccer. There's a lot of golf. There's there's a lot of basketball. There's a surprising amount of NFL. Um, like I don't like is Eli Manning really more famous around the world than Sidney Crosby? Like is Odell Beckham Jr. more? Whoa, famous? maybe. Whoa, 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 maybe. Whoa. How dare you, sir? How dare you come into my podcast and start bad mouthing the popularity bad of the greatest quarterback to ever beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl of all? How time? many times did he beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Uh, multiple hold on, times, let me just count these up. I, I think it was the one time. Oh no, it was twice. twice. He did it twice. That's right. yes. So That's you right. know, there, like there was, like there was a badminton player on the list. Uh, there were like <laughs> well, chess. Was there chess? Tell me, there was I chess. Think, I, somebody like, mentioned. I didn't actually. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody mentioned that they thought there might be an esports like person on the list, and no hockey. Now, the flip side of that, as I had people from ESPN point out to me, there was also no major league baseball players on the list. So. Hmm. 
and and it was not it was a list that was done my understanding was it was done sort of objectively like they fed in data about uh you know endorsements and all this other stuff so it's I know people hear this and they go, oh, ESPN, they don't care about hockey. Like it, it wasn't just a bunch of ESPN guys sitting around, pick, you know, <laughs> just throwing names out there. So shut up, Barry Melrose. Shut up, Linda Cohen. We're not putting that guy on the list. But you know, just 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 a reminder. You know, once again, as this league doesn't even bother to go to the Olympics and you know does these kind of halfway attempts. Like if this is this is where we are internationally. Like you don't. You, you, it's mm-hmm. you're you're way behind tennis and golf and and all these all these other all these other sports. I think there were like UFC on the list. It's you know, and I know, believe me, I know that there are fans out there who hear this stuff. Like this comes up every now and then, whether it's somebody makes a list or with TV ratings are down or revenues flat. And I know there's fans out there who who don't care. There's fans out there who say, "I like the NHL." And that's as far as it goes. And and if I don't care if I don't care if the NHL is popular in China or Wyoming or Winnipeg, I I don't care. It's number one in my house. Right. It, right. It, that's as far as I that's as far as I worry about. And in fact, if being popular somewhere else means we have to change, then I don't I don't want to be popular. I'm quite I'm I'm happy with what we've got, and I don't care if no one else cares. And it's like I get that, but at the same time. You, you got to pick a lane, right? Like you can't, if you can't say you don't care and then complain when your hotel isn't showing hockey games or when the sports bar you go to has 20 TVs and it's all NBA and, and nobody's <laughs> even thinking of putting the NHL on or, uh, or when you watch sports center and there's no hockey or when you listen to six hours of sports talk radio and the guy doesn't mention the NHL once, even though it's the middle of the playoffs. Uh, yeah, you can't complain about that. You can't, not to hit too close to home, but you can't complain when your favorite hockey writer gets laid off because their publication doesn't want to bother with hockey anymore. Right. And they come back and, you know, they're writing about esports or badminton because those are more popular. It's, you know, it's like the NHL, the NHL is not some cool indie band where as long as they sell enough albums to rent a few hours of studio space, they'll keep putting out music and you can be happy and that's all that matters. Like, it's a little bit bigger than that and... I know I I get why a lot of fans don't care about this stuff, but maybe you should because it's it's not a good sign for the the health of this league, and it's not a good sign for the effectiveness of the management and leadership of this league. Uh, and that's important because it certainly seems like we're going to have the same management and leadership for a long time to come. You want to do the mailbag? A couple of questions, and then get the heck out of here. Let's do it. Dan Michelson's got a good one. I don't know if you saw this one. I kind of thought about it on the train over here, so I'm maybe like a little more prepared. But he says, uh, say a team beats another in the playoffs and they get to take one player from that team to the next round, who would Nashville and Pittsburgh have taken with them after they won their series? Here, I'll do mine, give you some time to, to, I'll vamp for you. So Nashville, I'm thinking they take Taves from the Blackhawks. I'm thinking they take Tarasenko from the Blues. And I'm thinking they take John Gibson from the Ducks, so they have some somebody to to back up Pekarene. Mm. See, I'd, I think that's how they would go I'd, there. I'd, I'd agree with the first two, and then I think they take Getzlaff off the Ducks, especially with with their injuries up the middle. I think they're. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Johansson got hurt during. I was thinking Johansson got got hurt after. Yeah, yeah you're right. They knew the about that already. Final, so they they yeah Getzlaff. You're right, and they'd probably be like, "Ah, we're setting goal. What's the worst that could happen <laughs> to Pekarene?" Yeah, I would go. I would go those three. And the Penguins are, I don't know, who do you take off Columbus? They, I mean, they, they'd be Bobrovsky? the other side, right? Like, they, uh, I, like, I feel like maybe they, maybe Seth Jones, right? Because they need the, they need yeah. the blue one. I, Washington, I don't know, do you take? <laughs> They're like, we're good. <laughs> you feel like for Washington, like, they, they wouldn't take Ovechkin just because they know it would drive Washington fans crazy. Like, they would grab someone else. Or or pass. Oh, that would yeah. that would be the, no, we're good. Be we're the fine. ultimate power move. We're good. We, we, no, we defer. You can take anybody you want. Any anyone because that's off. No, 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 no. It's, it's, we don't we don't want to get it. We don't want to get it in the bloodstream. We don't we're, want to we disrupt the good thing. We're all set. And then yeah, and then Carlson, clear, clearly obviously. Carlson off. Uh, yeah. Even even with his broken ankles and whatever else. Yeah, he'd be he'd be the guy. That'd be a fun rule. 
How do you feel about my idea? Since the regular season doesn't matter anymore, going into the Stanley Cup final, the team the team with the best record in the playoffs gets home ice. So the Predators would have had games one and two in Nashville. What do you, what do you think of that idea? That's, that's a Dave Lozo question to the mailbag. That's not, yeah, that's interesting. I guess you could do that. I mean, that makes the regular season even more useless, but... I've I, my my crazy idea that I proposed once, and I'll I'll just I'll preface this by saying I know that everybody hates this idea. I've never met anyone who likes this idea, but I'm going to throw it out there anyways. Is is the basically the other way? I want the regular season to matter more. I want seating to matter more. So my proposal is in the NHL playoffs, home ice literally means home ice. You play all seven games at home. We could squeeze the schedule down. There'd be less travel, less wear and tear on the players, and mm-hmm. seating would really really matter now you would have to you'd have to do something to split the revenue because i know a lot of teams rely on getting the that that those playoff dates so you'd, you'd want to work something out there i know people are like yeah but then so, some team might go 20 years without ever have, seeing a home playoff game yeah you might but think how crazy it's, it's going to be when you when you get there i mean think about that you know four versus five seed and like i say you know that that you'd have you'd still have upsets because Visiting teams still do well in the NHL, but it wouldn't be as crazy. Maybe the upsets would matter more. The regular season would matter a lot more. First, you know, top seed. I know Capitals fans are like, why, you know, who cares if we finish first? We still have to play the Penguins. Yeah, well, if you had all seven games at home and you could you could get the series done in 12 or 13 days and we could be out of here by the first week of June. Just going to throw that out there. Marinate on that, readers. When you, fit, like when you win the President's Trophy and someone goes, ah, they have home ice through the playoffs. Well... Now they would yeah. like literally the Washington Capitals would be like, we don't need cancel the get get rid of your luggage, unpack all the equipment. We are here for up the next two months. It'd be the same. It's it's, it's basically what the NFL does. Although obviously the NFL there's there's no series, so it, it has to work that way. But that's my that's it. my hateable idea. It. Feel free to rage tweet me and let me all know right. how you hate it. Let's do one more and then. Let's split. I don't think we actually ever gave our answer on this when we were talking about it earlier. Pecorine or UC Soros no, you for, gotta, you, for game? You got Pecorine. You got to... If you go down 3 nothing, then you can make the switch. <sighs> but I'm going to defer to you because ah, we did it's... the same discussion with Matt Murray and Marc-Andre Fleury, and you were right, and I was wrong. So Again, I was right in my analysis. Yeah. Um, see, like I, I, I openly admit I don't know too much about Soros, except that apparently he funds... Uh, uh, <laughs> Left, left, oh, w- left wing protests. Oh, yeah, I'm it's a big that guy. Fan. He's, yeah, he's got like a ton him. of ton of money. This guy, yeah. So um, he he funds marches. So apparently he's a really you know he's he's good with his money. He he knows he knows how to get people um, fired up. I you see like the the reason why I wouldn't do it is because there's two days off. I feel like the two days off will be good for the 34 year old body of Pekarene. He'll mm-hmm. come out and he'll play well in three, but. The problem is that there's one day between three and four, so then you're right back where you started, and you can't win game three and then go to Soros. Right. So then what do you do if you lose game four? Are you going to ask I, Soros to win three straight? I, I, yeah, I feel like it's... They're boxed in. Yeah, I, I feel like it's, you know, short leash. Because the thing is, like, you know, it worked for the Penguins, but the Penguins had a guy... I mean, they had two guys who had both won cups. Right. And, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where, you know, if they go to the backup, then everyone's going to be like, wow, what a gutsy move, what a, you know, this and that. But what if he goes in? He gives up two goals in the first three minutes, and the building's dead quiet, and everyone's looking around, going, "What the hell did we just do?" Like we had the redemption of Pecorino. He comes in off the bench and saves the day. Could, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a good story. Save the day, I guess. Yeah, I would go. I'd go Rene, and then I would treat him like like Jake Allen or you know like Devin Dubnik yes. or something like that. Where if four minutes in he gets he gives up a terrible goal. If Jake Gensel beats him from center ice, and I got to read some more about how great Jake Gensel is, then you're gone. We're putting in sorrow, yeah. so we're going to roll the dice. Then that's my answer. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's two o two. It's time to get the heck out of here. By the way, I, I want to just point out that when I dropped the f bomb earlier, me and Tim Barnes immediately locked eyes because I don't think he's ever heard me <laughs> drop an f bomb during the podcast. Like we were just kind of like. Uh, yeah, whatever. Fine. It's a podcast. You can do whatever you want. Thanks for uh, listening. Ne- next week, I think me and Sean got to talk about this afterwards because Game Five is on a Thursday next right. week. So maybe we'll do something a little different. If necessary. But we haven't, if necessary, obviously. So uh, maybe maybe the same time and same same place, but maybe not. We'll we'll figure that out and let you know. And uh, that's it for me. You got anything you want to say to the people? Nope. Not enjoy the potential last week of the NHL season. And, yes. Enjoy uh, your two days off of Pecorine Saros and debates. And it's totally 
okay to already kind of be checked out and thinking ahead to the offseason and we're a couple weeks away from crazy trades and expansion stuff and the draft and all of that stuff so uh yeah it's it's gonna be good so that gives you something to think about during the three day long gaps in between games we got to deal with the rest of the way all right that's that's the optimism we're leaving you with (laughs) see ya Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.